Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Wednesday, May 6th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Last of Us Part 2 gets its presumably final trailer. Mortal Kombat 11 is getting more story content and a RoboCop. Dragon Ball Fighters welcomes its eighth Goku. Amazon unveils Crucible. Cyberpunk 2077's ESRB descriptor reveals some surprise mechanics. And a canceled Prince of Persia game surfaces on YouTube. The Last of Us Part II's latest trailer shows Ellie on the warpath. The presumed final trailer for The Last of Us Part II released this morning, and it is an intense tease for what we can expect from the game, which is releasing on June 19th. We see Ellie riding horses, Joel and Ellie playing guitar, raging fires in the distance, and very few clickers. The trailer features a lot of of out-of-context lines of dialogue and moments, but one thing is very clear. Ellie is really mad about something, and she is on a warpath as a result, despite the advice and caution of her peers. New characters are advising her against her mission, saying things like, I want what you want, but not at any cost. And it looks like Tommy, Joel's brother, is offering similar advice. Even Joel says, I know you wish things were different. I wish things were different, but they ain't. Which implies to me that he is advising her to move on from whatever happened. It's an intense trailer with both overt and implied violence. And it's linked in the show notes if you want to go watch it. Ellie really looks like she has become a force to be reckoned with. And I am eager to experience the full story next month. Mortal Kombat 11 is getting story DLC, friendship fatalities, and RoboCop. NetherRealm unveiled a big expansion for Mortal Kombat 11 this morning that is set to release on May 26th for all the platforms the game is currently available on, including Switch. It's called Aftermath, and it adds all kinds of new stuff to the game. The big surprise and the focus of Aftermath's trailer, which is linked in the show notes, is that it adds new story content to the game, seemingly picking up right where Mortal Kombat 11 left off. NetherRealm is maybe the only fighting game studio that focuses on story and cinematics, but even for them, this is a first. From the press release announcing the expansion, quote, The epic saga continues in Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath as Fire God Liu Kang the new keeper of time and protector of Earthrealm must now enlist the help of unlikely allies and familiar foes to forge a new history as the fate of two worlds hang in the balance. New fighters are also being added. Classic fighters Fujin, the god of wind, and Shiva, quote, the four-armed half-human and half-dragon queen of the ancient Shokan race, are coming to the game. And it looks like both will play a major role in the story. Robocop, you know, the robot police officer from the movies 
is also coming to the game and will be played by Peter Weller, who played RoboCop in the first two RoboCop films. The trailer kind of implies that he may be part of the story too, but that just might be some fancy editing. I am assuming he will not actually be part of the main plot, but it would be pretty wild if he was. Some other inclusions in the expansion includes three new character skins to be released over time, new stages, including Deadpool and Soul Chamber arenas, which will have dedicated stage fatalities, and the return of friendship fatalities. The trailer shows Scorpion sending out his iconic chain whip only to return a giant teddy bear that he hugs, and then balloon letters for the word friendship drop from the sky. Mortal Kombat's co-creator Ed Boon also shared Sub-Zero's friendship fatality, which has him running off screen to go get an ice cream cart, and he's very excited about ice cream. It's it's fantastic. I'm, I'm not really a big Mortal Kombat player, but I will 100% be looking up a supercut of all the friendship fatalities after the expansion releases. The story content and new fighters will be part of the paid expansion, but much of the other content will be added to the game for free. The expansion will be $39.99, which is more expensive than I would have assumed, but it seems like Aftermath is pretty extensive. And speaking of fighting game expansions, Ultra Instinct Goku is coming to Dragon Ball Fighters. Bandai Namco released a trailer today for Dragon Ball Fighters Next Fighter Edition, and it's Ultra Instinct Goku, which, if we're keeping track... And also depending on if you think characters like Vegito, Gogeta, and Fuse Zamasu count, which I do for my immediate purpose here, this will be the eighth iteration of Goku that will be added to the game. I love Dragon Ball, I love Goku, but this feels like it is getting a little out of hand. Ultra Instinct Goku is too powerful for a shirt and has white hair that does not stand straight up. And based on the trailer, which is linked in the show notes, he seems like a more defensive character who focuses on counters. Watching the trailer is also a reminder that Dragon Ball Fighters really just still looks absolutely amazing. Friend of the show, Serial Vasquez, and I went to Japan to see Dragon Ball Fighters for Game Informer's cover story on the game, and I consider him an expert on Dragon Ball Fighters. He tweeted about Ultra Instinct Goku, neither Joel nor Ellie look nearly as powerful as Ultra Instinct Goku, so this is the better trailer. And he's not wrong. I, I think Goku could beat them in a fight pretty handily. Ultra Instinct Goku will be available on May 22nd on all the platforms Dragon Ball Fighters is available on. Amazon unveils Crucible, a free-to-play hero shooter. Amazon has been flirting with becoming a game developer for years. It is always hiring notable game developers to work on something, but we haven't really seen the fruits of those labors until now. Crucible comes from Relentless Studios, a developer that is part of Amazon Games, and it is a free-to-play hero shooter that is releasing on May 20th. It mechanically looks a little Overwatchy, a little Team Fortress 2-y, a little Valorant-y, but it takes place on an alien planet, which will create obstacles you must overcome while attempting to complete objectives across the game's three modes and fighting other players. Heart of the Hives has you collecting hearts from hives, these giant alien plants you need to destroy. Harvest Commander tasks your team with collecting the most of 
whatever harvesters harvest by controlling various harvesters. And Alpha Hunter seems to be the most straightforward mode as teams of two try to see who can stay alive the longest. It looks interesting, and it's exciting to see Amazon truly stepping into the world of video game publishing and development, but competition in that world of competitive class-based shooters is no joke. Crucible will essentially be competing with all the games I mentioned earlier, as well as Apex Legends, so I wish the game luck. It's free to play, so there is little reason not to at least give it a shot, but we'll have to see if it finds its audience and manages to stick around. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Cyberpunk 2077 gets a 280 plus word ESRB description. There is still a lot of mystery surrounding Cyberpunk 2077 in terms of its story and gameplay mechanics, but a new unlikely source of information has appeared in the form of the game's ESRB descriptor. The game is rated M for Mature, which is not surprising in the least, and a lot of the information in the descriptor isn't too surprising either, but there are a few surprises. Just a heads up. I do keep this show intentionally clean and don't use any profanity, but if you happen to be listening with children, feel free to hit that handy little 15-second forward button twice, and then you can go back and check out the ESRB descriptor in the link in the show notes if you're still curious. Okay, go ahead and double-tap that 15-second button now. There will be sexual activity and first-person sexual encounters in the game. There will be extreme violence, including a scene involving another character's hand and a hammer and nails. There will be profanity and overt drug use. But one of the more interesting details from the descriptor is this direct quote. Players can select a gender and customize their character. Customization can include depictions of breasts, buttocks, and genitalia, as well as various sizes and combinations of genitalia. Considering CD Projekt Red's previous focus on Geralt in The Witcher and how he is basically a fully established character with little room for customization outside of his clothes and armor, it's interesting to learn exactly how much you will be able to customize your character in Cyberpunk 2077, which, by the way, the descriptor reads, This is a first-person RPG shooter in which players assume the role of a mercenary named V trying to make their way through the open world of Night City. I don't think those details are new, but I wanted to mention that just in case. 
Cyberpunk 2077 is releasing September 17th, and there will be more details about the game on June 11th from something called Night City Wire. CD Projekt Red's global community lead, Marcin Momo, promises that, quote, stuff will be shown. YouTube footage of a canceled Prince of Persia game suddenly surfaces. I reached out to Ubisoft for some kind of statement or additional information here, but I have low expectations of getting a reply. But there is three minutes of video of a canceled Prince of Persia game called Prince of Persia Redemption on a YouTube channel called Positive Launcher. At ZHugeEX, which is a great account to follow for weird video game oddities, news, discoveries like this, tweeted a link to the video writing, so apparently there has been a video from a canceled Prince of Persia game up on YouTube for eight years and nobody noticed till today. The published date for the video says March 1st, 2012, and all the comments are from today. It could have just quietly been floating around YouTube for the past eight years with no one finding it, but it's also possible it may have just been unlisted until today. I'm not really sure. The actual footage doesn't quite look like gameplay. It is pre-rendered footage mocked up to look like gameplay, but it looks interesting. There's a lot of running on walls and rewinding time, and it all takes place in a city that is collapsing on the back of some kind of giant tentacle creature. It looks like an early slice of a game, and the protagonist's look is kind of rough and muscly in a way that past princes have never really looked, but the game looks fun. I also adore the Prince of Persia games, so just seeing a third-person action game called Prince of Persia that has a character running on walls is, admittedly, that's all I need to get excited. My initial reaction to the footage was that it could be fan-made, despite looking very good, but then Jonathan Cooper, who has worked with Naughty Dog and Ubisoft and Bioware on games like Last of Us, Uncharted, Assassin's Creed, and Mass Effect, they shared at ZHugeEX's tweet and wrote, Wow, haven't seen this in ages. Amazing work from animation director Kai Wynn for honor and team. This target game footage, pre-rendered game pitch, inspired our own pitch for Assassin's Creed 3 as they did such a great job making it look like real gameplay. Cooper then followed up tweeting, Sadly, Ubisoft are generally quicker to cancel Prince of Persia games than other IPs because, as far as I know, original creator Jordan Mechner still holds license rights, so the profit margins are lower. Would love to see a new one, though. I've always wanted a Prince of Persia set in a contemporary Iran. Cooper's tweets are a nice confirmation that the footage is legitimate, but his tweets also hamper my hope a little bit for a new Prince of Persia entry. If nothing else, I would love a current-gen port or remaster, remake, or anything really of the Prince of Persia games that have released. Maybe throw them all in one package. Even the underplayed Wii game that was completely different from its PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 counterparts could be in there. I'm sure that can probably be played without motion controls, I think. Hey, cutting back in here after having technically finished recording the podcast to add this little addendum, Ubisoft got back to me, which was very nice of them and unexpected. They had a statement. It doesn't really shed a lot of light on the footage, but it's, it's something, so I appreciate that. They said, Prince of Persia is a beloved franchise 
and one that's been important to Ubisoft's development over the years. However, we don't have anything new to share at this time. So there you go, the Glomar response. Neither a denial or a confirmation. That's it for gaming news today. I don't really have specific feedback from anyone today, but I have gotten nice messages from listeners in England, Norway, and Argentina in the last few days. And I just wanted to say that it really blows my mind to have international listeners. That is so awesome and unexpected. And I appreciate hearing from everyone, even the messages that are politely critical. Those are helpful too. And please do not hesitate to reach out. Progress has been going slow in Dragon Quest XI. I still need to sit down and play it for one long extended stretch. Right now, I am just checking in for little 15 to 20 minute chunks, making it hard to maintain momentum. I also want to play more Final Fantasy XIII. I did start it yesterday, playing the first 20 minutes or so while listening to the final edit of yesterday's episode, and was pretty quickly reminded that I I really, really like the combat in that game. I am eager to play more while listening to the final edit on this episode. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs at Kyle M. Hilliard at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send me an email, kyle at ridehome.info. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator. I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now, and you can find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussion. We just finished up a colossal chat about Final Fantasy VII Remake. I wasn't on the full discussion. I had to duck out early uh, pretty much every time, but it's it's 13 hours worth of discussion about Final Fantasy VII Remake. So please go check that out if you want to hear my full Final Fantasy VII Remake thoughts. I, I do have them. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow when we have hopefully been able to see some exciting Xbox Series X gameplay. 